We are in 1 Samuel chapter number 10 tonight. I want to help you with a message the Lord's laid on my heart, and I hope to make it something that's applicable to you and your life. Before we read this, we'll go ahead and find it. I know it'll take you just a touch here. 1 Samuel is conveniently located right before 2 Samuel, if that helps you in your search for finding it. Uh, We're looking at chapter number 10. Now, before I read the passage, I want to kind of get our minds into what's happening as we come into this passage because I'm going to start reading at verse 17. We see back in chapter number 9, Saul is out looking for his uh, father's lost animals. And of course, he has his servant with him and they're searching all over the place. Uh, Where's these animals at? And the servant wisely says, hey, Saul, in the next town there is a, a seer, or the man of God. Let's ask him. Let's go and ask him. Well, so they chose to do that, and they met up with Samuel. And uh, now on Samuel's end, God had already spoken to Samuel because the children of Israel were begging for a king. Even though Samuel didn't think they needed that. And of course they had God. And God told Samuel, now look, they're not not against you. It's me that they're against. And let's provide them a king. And so God had come to Samuel and told him, Saul is coming your way. He's going to be asking you for some animals that his dad, that they lost that belonged to his dad. But the real reason why I'm bringing him to you is because he will be the Israelites' King. And so Samuel, knowing that as Saul approached him, began to explain to Saul about what the Lord had spoken to him. And he tells Saul about what uh, is to come, about being uh, the, the folks, the, the Israelites' king. And we look at verse 17, and I want to read this. We're going to read a few verses out of this chapter, and we will refer to some other verses throughout the message tonight. But as we look in verse 17 of 1 Samuel chapter number 10, Saul is about to announce it now to the tribes of Israel. He's about to make the big announcement. And in verse 17, Samuel is, Samuel called the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdoms and of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God who himself saved you out of all your adversities and your tribulation. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king before us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken. And if you look that up, I believe that's the only time that that group of people is mentioned in the Bible. And it's basically a, a group within the tribe of, of Benjamin that were actually Saul's family, family members. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they saw him, he could not be found. Verse 22, Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, If the man should yet come hither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Tonight I want to bring a message to us tonight that I hope will help us. And it's entitled, Battling Barriers, Building bridges. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. It is powerful and we need it a very special way tonight. We always need it. Lord, I pray that you would please help me as I present the message to these dear people, folks who have given of themselves throughout this day and even this week in serving you and pointing others to you. I pray, God, that you would... uh, Help us to give our full attention to what you have for us tonight. Please use me to be a blessing. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Have you ever been in a setting where the next leader, uh, maybe the next coach, the next uh, uh, chief of the, of the next, let's say, corporation, CEO of a corporation is about to be uh, announced? I don't know if you've ever been in a setting like that. I was trying to think of how this would have been back then. The anticipation of the tribes of Israel about to hear who this king is going to be. And I was trying to think, have I ever been in a setting like that before? And I thought about when we voted in Pastor Justin. You remember that day, 38-year anniversary? The morning we celebrated uh, uh, in a big way, and rightly so, the great work and ministry of Pastor Mutzler and Miss Vicki. We had a grand time doing that. We had a meal afterwards, and then we came back into the auditorium, and we had some testimonies, and then we took a vote. We had the opportunity to vote and decide who uh, or will Brother Justin be the next pastor. It was great anticipation. It probably was at least on his part. Uh, But we all had an opportunity to cast our vote on this, our new and upcoming leader. Now, can you imagine if his name had been called, and now the new pastor of Grandview Baptist Church, Justin Lehman. Everybody starts clapping. The clapping settles down. And someone says, where'd he go? Well, I don't know. Let's go find him. People looking in the balcony. They're out in the foyer. They're behind the building searching some of the vehicles. They're all over. Finally, someone from the usher's closet says, he's hiding over here. Aren't you glad that didn't happen? Now, after he's been pastoring for four or five months, maybe he wished he had have hid in the usher's closet. I don't know. But anyway... But we're glad that didn't happen. But in this story, we see Saul is hiding, the Bible says, among the stuff. He's hiding among the stuff. And these people are with great anticipation wanting to learn who it is, who's our next king, or not next king, who's going to be our first king, who is it? And when he's announced, he's not even present. It's revealed that, well, he's over there behind the stuff. You see, Saul had placed himself behind a barrier that had come between him and what God was calling him to do. If you define the word barrier, it's a structure that prevents movement or action. We read this story, and if you're like me, sometimes you read these stories in you kind of start getting upset with the Bible character. You ever do that? You're like, come on, Saul, why didn't you listen to God? He already told you, Samuel told you. You already know what, you're going to be the next king. Uh, why aren't you following what God said? Why won't you trust the Lord and do what He says? Why are you putting a barrier between you and what God is wanting you to do? If we're not careful, sometimes we can be guilty of doing the same thing. Possibly the Lord is impressed upon our heart to do something of His will. Maybe it's to be involved in a ministry or to give to a certain project or to teach, to share our faith, to speak a good word of encouragement, to tell someone about Jesus. And if we're not careful, we can hide behind a barrier that prevents us from the action that God wants us to perform. This evening, I want to share just a few Barriers that can, well, I will say this, I know will slow someone down, if not stop them, from doing what God wants them to do. You say, how do you know that? You've been talking to my wife? No. You've been talking to my family? No. Tonight, I'm going to be very transparent with you. And I'm going to share with you some barriers that I have experienced in my own life. Where I allowed that to come between me and being effective for the cause of Christ. Some barriers that have come between me. Now, I didn't live there long, but I did visit there. 
And I'll try to help you with something tonight. You may have some of these, uh, we may have some commonality in. I would think we would. But I'm not picking some out of the air or I'm not observing someone else's life and writing them down to preach tonight. I'm sharing with you some barriers that I've placed myself behind that hindered me from doing what, what, what God wanted me to do. Barrier number one is fear of the unknown. And a statement to go along with that would be, I've never done that before. Fear of the unknown. Have you ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I see that some of you did. That's okay. Um, fear of the unknown. I've never done that before. Do you know I realized something a while back, and I wrote this down, so I want you to get it. You might want to write this down because it's, it could go somewhere, okay? Did you know that you have never done something until you have done it for the first time? Make sure your grandson gets to hear that statement because he's going to go somewhere in life with that one. Do you realize, ushers, there's commotion over here, a gentleman talking out of town. Um, Do you realize that you've never done something until you've done it for the first time? Your, Your effectiveness, my effectiveness for the cause of Christ can be greatly hindered because, and I say this kindly, and I'm being as transparent as I can with you tonight. I'm sharing with you barriers that I have dealt with in my life. Fear of the unknown. I've never done that before. About two and a half years ago, uh, then Pastor Mutchler invited me to go on a mission with some other pastors from different states. One of those was Pastor Lehman. He was uh, pastoring in California. And I guess what caught my attention was the mission statement that was given Uh, that was kind of the foundation of why this group of men were going on this mission. You see, they were burdened for a certain group in this foreign land because they realized there were those who were wandering in the sea of despair and they were being tossed to and fro by the waves of uncertainty and they needed to be saved from this terrible danger and led to the harbor of safety. Doesn't that just grip you? After I heard those words, I wiped away the tears with a Kleenex and I said, okay, Pastor Mutchler, I will go fishing with you and Pastor Justin in Cabo. (laughs) I noticed that their sub-theme under that was God help us to rescue these aimless creatures. They weren't, we weren't fishing for men, but we were fishing with men, okay? But I'll have to tell you this, that as I agreed to go, I began to realize quickly, I've never done this. I mean, my extent of fishing was when we would have goldfish Sunday on the bus, and I would get that little net, you know what I'm saying? Now, I could catch those fish that were sleeping, but the ones that were swimming around, I had a hard time catching and I would catch that little goldfish, and I'd put it in the cup and give it to the bus rider. And that was pretty close to my extent of fishing. And I remember thinking, man, I'm not, now you're thinking, man, that's a trip of a lifetime. What are you worried about? Well, I'm just telling you how I felt inside. I was excited to go. But I had this preconceived idea, all these pastors going fishing, all these guys who know what they're doing, Man, if I, what if I mess up? Uh, what if I let one get away? What if I embarrass myself? Fear of the unknown. I had all these thoughts and fears uh, going on throughout my mind of thinking it. Because Now, I'll, I'll take that back. I did go on a fishing trip one time, and guys were lined up along the shore. And it seemed like all they were doing was yelling and screaming at each other because his line crossed his line. And his line, and your line crossed my line. And, and I don't know if that makes it, but I just remember hearing that and thinking, all right, I'm going to go on this trip. I've never done this before. 
I'm sure, I, look, I do not know what I'm doing. Well, we flew out that way and got settled in. And that morning, we left out really early. Really early. It was still dark outside. But I'll tell you this. As we got out to where you could not see land in any direction. and Oh, another thing was motion sickness. How many of you get motion sickness? Y'all... Okay, I didn't know. I'd never been in any motion to get sickness. So, man, I'm taking pills. The good ones, <laughs> they're legal. And, and uh, Pastor Mutchler brought, the, he brought patches. Man, it looked like I had two uh, tattoos up and down both arms, man. I had patches. All, I was like, look, I ain't getting sick. Look, I might let the fish go. I might not look like what I, I know what I'm doing. But I don't want to get sick, okay? And so, boy, I am ready to go. But I'm still anxious because, you know what? Say it with me. I had never done this before. The fear of the unknown. Well, we got out there, started casting our line. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. And what happened next helped remove the barrier of fear of the unknown immediately. Kobe, help me out. Heaven came down. I had never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing. Hey, folks, let me just tell you, that ain't no goldfish up there, okay? You know what I'm saying? That is not a goldfish. You know what? After I reeled that in, I'm like, I'm good. I got out my pencil and pad. I started writing books on fishing, you know. Yeah, the one that you let go that I ended up catching. No. Uh, oh, and then I got super confident because now that I've done it for the first time, I can't say I've never done it before. I hope that made sense. And then we really got with it. Show the next picture. Now, this picture is when myself and Pastor Layman took turns reeling in this marlin. Okay, you talk about building confidence, building nothing. We were dead tired after we pulled that thing in. But after that happened, after I had experienced and got some uh, practice, if you will, in doing that which I thought was just going to be a disaster, I realized this is something that can be done. I, I can do this. You know what's, what's sad is, if we're not careful... We don't go beyond the phrase of, I've never done this before. And we allow the fear of the unknown. I don't know if I should leave that up there or not. You're not listening to me what you're saying. We actually, you know, it looks so much better up there. Uh, you know, on my phone, it's about that big. And on that big screen, it looks, it looks a lot bigger. But if we're not careful, the fear of the unknown. I don't want to stand before God. And say, you know, I never did that, and I know you wanted me to. But I was just afraid that I'd mess up because I'd never done it before. And God says, well, you know what? I had the tools, I had the environment, I had the wherewithal, and I, you had me. And you still chose to hide behind the barrier of the fear of the unknown. I'm telling you folks tonight, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there is so much that can be done for the cause of Christ tonight Amen. if we would get past number one barrier. Now look here. I'm telling you me. Okay? I'm telling you me. Now I know we, I tell that fishing story, and it was true. I was, I was nervous about it. But so as nervous as I was about leading my first soul to Christ... I remember whenever I was a teenager and the youth pastor, we had a big day. And uh, we had a big service for all the teens and we had them grouped out after the invitation. And, and, and he was talking to them and she was talking to those. And, and the youth pastor came up and he said, hey, Chris, I want you to go talk to that young man and lead him to Christ. I'm like, what? I'd never done that before. Fear of the unknown. Barrier number one. What are you talking about? Now, I knew how. I knew how, but I'd never done it before. 
Well, we stepped outside and opened up my Bible, shared with him the gospel of Jesus Christ, and praise the Lord, he bowed his head and he got saved. You know, it's amazing how when we step out and come out from behind that barrier of whatever it is, we're like, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't so bad. I mean, that, that wasn't... Now, everyone we witness to does not get saved. Every uh, fish that we uh, reel in doesn't come to the boat. Mine did, but maybe... you know. You're, anyway, I'm not trying to brag or anything. But anyway, uh, let's just say we had to come back early because we, we caught our uh, limit. Yeah, I'm still learning those terms. But anyway, uh, hey, fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Let me ask you something tonight. Is that one of your barriers? It's been one of mine. Hey, I face it off and on quite a bit. But I've learned through the years, if I've come out from behind that barrier, that it's amazing what God can do in our lives. And we see that here tonight. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Folks, this is God talking. This is not some human that just decided to come up with these words. God is saying, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. You ever been dismayed? For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So we see barrier number one, fear of the unknown, as we move quickly along here tonight. Barrier number two, current sin. You ever had something in your life that you knew was wrong? And you knew that it was hindering your effectiveness for the cause of Christ. Now I think all of us, if we're transparent tonight, we all battle with that here and there. There's things that pop up that we allow in our lives that we know are not pleasing to the Lord. And it becomes a barrier of which we hide behind. And we do not, we do not uh, maybe seek God's will as fervently or we do not do what we, we know He is telling us to do. Because there's current sin. Something in my life that I haven't dealt with. Now, we've, again, we've faced that off and on through life. One major time in my life, I know I have everyone's attention now... Uh, when I, I, I've always loved music. I've always loved music. Um, and there was a period of time in my teenage years where, uh, you know, I, I wasn't listening to the type of music that would be pleasing to the Lord. I don't know that it was devil-worshipping type stuff, but it wasn't necessarily, but it just wasn't pleasing to the Lord. And I knew that. But I had friends who... You know, we'd get together and we didn't really do bad things, but I knew that I should not be doing that. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, I'll tell you how I knew that. Because one of the girls I went to school with walked up to me while I was with this group of people and this music was playing. And, and she said, Chris, I, and she said this, I will never forget this statement. She said, I always thought you were the Christian type. That hit me right in the heart. And I realized what's, what's pleasing to me is not what's important. What's pleasing to God is what is important. And that young lady, I have no idea where she is in life. I hope that didn't destroy her faith in Christianity. But I do know that it made such an indelible impression on her life that she said, I thought you were a Christian. Folks, I want you to Take courage, though, and give me, some, give me some credit. That turned me around. God got to working on my heart, and I realized as a teenager, if I'm going to be effective for the cause of Christ, I'm going to have to come out from behind this barrier of current sin. Current sin. And, and again, I'm sharing with you things in my own life. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, hey... He's faithful and just to forgive us and our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28.13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall 
have mercy. Barriers that we can put ourselves behind that hinder our effectiveness for the cause of Christ. Barrier number three, lack of self-worth. Lack of self-worth. Now, let me, I feel like I have to say this before I get into it. I'm not talking about a proud and haughty spirit that says, I'm something and you're nothing, and look at me and listen to me, and, and I'm just the great. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a realization that God made you and you are valuable to Him. There's too many Christians walking around that are not realizing the value that they have through Christ Jesus. And they are hiding behind the barrier of that to the degree that they are not being effective for the cause of Christ. Because they feel, well, I just don't feel like I add much value. Well, if you're in that shape tonight, and I have been, I want to share with you a couple of verses that helped me and will help you. Psalm 139, 13 and 14. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and I love this last phrase, and that my soul knoweth right well. That statement of confidence at the end, and that that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, my soul knoweth right well. Do you understand tonight that you are valuable to God? Don't let the devil come into your world and make you think any less than that. He will try. He will try to discourage you. He will try to pull you down. He will try to, you know, remind you of the past. He will try to drag. Why? Because he does not want you to be effective for the cause of Christ. But can I remind you tonight, you are valuable to his cause. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Philippians 4.13 says, it's a very well-known verse, but it's a powerful truth. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. When I was in Bible college, by the way, I went to Bible college. I had surrendered my life to full-time Christian ministry. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm not saying I was supposed to know what I was going to do, but I didn't know what I was going to do. I'd go to, I went to college with other guys who... You know, they'd say, well, I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to do this. And I think that was awesome and great. I'm not discounting that. But I didn't know what I was going to do. I took classes and majors and things that kind of gave kind of maybe a, a balance of church or Christian school or janitor. I don't know. You know, I just, I just tried to cover the whole spectrum. You know what I'm saying? But I remember hearing this. There was a lady in First Baptist Church there of Hammond. She would come to Howells Anderson College periodically and sing a special in chapel. And she would sing this song. This is an old Gaither song. The chorus that stuck in my mind still rings true today. God made you special. You're the only one of your kind. Now, I'm going to be transparent with you tonight. We used to hear that lady sing that, just like Brother TJ is laughing right now. And we used to, we didn't laugh, but her voice kind of, same lady? Oh, my word. She was old when I was there. She she was at least in her 50s when I was there. Wait a minute. Anyway. And her voice would, God made you special. You're the only. I'm not trying to make fun of her. I'm just trying to explain to you so you get a full realization of what we dealt with back then, okay? And why Brother TJ is laughing. Behind that voice that honestly wasn't the greatest, listen to me now, was a heart from a lady who wanted college students to know if you're out there you don't feel like you have a lot to offer you're not sure what you're going to do in life you send it to the Lord God made you special you're the only one of your kind he gave you a body and a bright healthy mind 
He has a special purpose that he wants you to find. So he made you something special. You're the only one of your kind. I remember hearing that and thinking, really? Are you serious? You mean there's hope out there? I want to tell you tonight, folks, you do have self-worth. You are valuable to God. Don't you ever, don't, don't let us ever dip ourselves into thinking that we're worthless. Look, I, I, I hate to hear how someone's been raised where they were treated inappropriately or wrong and made to feel like a nobody or a nothing or whatever like that. And if that's your past, I'm sorry you had to deal with it. But I want to remind you tonight, you're valuable to Jesus Christ. And He loves you. And He has such an awesome plan for your life that if you would just come out from behind that barrier and realize, I don't feel like I'm a whole lot, but I know I'm valuable to God. And Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. Barrier number four, negative experiences. You ever been there? I have. Most of us tonight, I would think, have gone through some type of experience that, hey, we're asking God why. Now, appropriately, I don't know that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying ball your fist up and shake it to God up in heaven. There's times we do wonder, Lord, why? And we're sincerely asking, Lord, why did that have to happen? I feel for those who've gone through negative experiences in life. Some have been mistreated. Some, uh, you've trusted folks and they let you down. Uh, Something happened to you that wasn't fair. Maybe you lost someone very close to you. It's been about a year and a half now. My mother passed away. I wish she was still alive. I wish she was still alive and uh, to see our our children grow up and now the announcement of a that would be a great grandchild. And there's times I ask God, Lord, you know, again, I'm not doing it in the wrong way. I'm not like mad at God. I'm just saying, you know, why did it have to happen like that? Why did she have to pass away unexpectedly? Why did it have to? And if we're not careful, folks, and I'm not making light of your bad experiences, I'm not. But if we're not careful, we can allow bad experiences in life to be a barrier that stops us, hinders us maybe at least, in doing what God wants us to do. You've probably been there, and I've been there. Knock on someone's door, invite them to church. I know, folk, I know the guys, on, guys and ladies on staff have come across this, and probably many of you have. You meet someone, you invite them to church, and they say, well, I used to go to church. Oh, really? Where did you go? Well, we went down the road here, over here. You know, Tell us where they went. Well, we, we don't go there anymore. We don't, we don't go to church. Well, really? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you know. And they'll list some bad experience. And I'll say, I, one time I, I believe I asked a, a certain individual, I said, well, when was that? That was about 20 years ago. Now, I don't want to be offensive or unkind. But I would like to say to that person, do you mean to tell me that you have stepped out of the effectiveness for the cause of Christ Because 20 years ago, somebody in your world brought about a bad experience. And I'm not making light of the bad experience. I'm just trying to say, folks, tonight, if we're going to be effective for the cause of Christ, we're going to have to trust the Lord through our bad experiences, through our heartbreaks of life, through our ups and our downs, through someone mistreating us. I'm not not justifying any of that. I'm saying if we don't come out from behind it, we're going to be a bitter person who 20 years from now will still be out of church, still be thinking about that time when so-and-so said such-and-such, and we could have been so effective for the cause of Christ. Four barriers that, in a transparent way, I'm telling you tonight that I have allowed at least in temporary measure to slow me down or to kind of hinder me from doing what I know God wants me to do. We need some Christians who will battle through their barriers and build some bridges for the cause of Christ. We need some Christians who will come out from behind that fear and current sin, lack of self-worth, 
bad experiences and decide to follow what God has called you to do. He has called us to build some bridges to connect with men and women and boys and girls, pointing them to Jesus Christ. You know what's interesting in this chapter 10, if you look at uh, verse 26 in the, oh, I call it 26b, kind of the second half of the verse, the Bible says, And there went with him, Saul, a band of men whose heart God had touched. Saul came out from behind his barrier and God was able to use him to build a bridge to connect with men of whom God's heart or God had touched their heart. God's called us to do the same thing. He's called us today to tell men and women and boys and girls about Jesus Christ. He's called us to come out from behind our barriers, if you will, and trust Him to help us through those things so that we can be effective for the cause of Christ. There are people all over this town, other towns, our state, our country, and our world that need to be pointed to Jesus. I uh, was looking for a certain item for my office. I'm doing a little rearranging. I'm putting in a big screen TV. And, no, I'm not doing that. And my, uh, my wife is really good at finding things like used for sale. Now, the, the hard part about it is that she's really good at finding those things when it's very inconvenient for me to go get them. Or, let me just say it in a better way, I ain't interested in doing it right now, okay? That's the real reason. And, uh, and so, last night, I heard her say, I found it. It was like 9 o'clock. I found what you're looking for. I said, really? <laughs> I had already put on my pajamas. I already put on my face cream. You know, I was ready. You know what I'm saying? She said, I found it. I said, Oh, really? Yeah. Guy has one. It's great price. He says there's a lot of people wanting to show up tomorrow, today, to get it, but he'll let us come get it tonight if we want it. I said, well, isn't that special? Isn't that great? Thank you, sir. I said, well, I don't know if I'm that in. Well, you said, you know, this would, yeah, I know it'll look good in the office. I know it'll work. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. And... I come to the realization that she was right. I needed to pursue this. This was a good thing. It takes us a while, but we come to our senses, right? We come to ourself, you know. And, and so, contacted the gentleman. He's out in uh, Gladstone. So we went out to Gladstone, drove out to Gladstone. Pitch dark, felt like it's midnight. How many of you know at 5.30 it feels like it's midnight when it's dark? You know what I'm saying? And I drive out there, and I... I had what I thought was correct measurements. And so I took a vehicle that this item would fit into. Later to find out that the measurements weren't what we had received. It was a different measurement and it would not fit into my vehicle. The gentleman came to the door and as soon as he saw what I drove, he said, that's not going to fit in the back of that. And I said, yeah, well, I measured it, but don't tell me what to do, you know. He said, no, it ain't. That ain't going to fit in there. I said, okay, you got a tape? You know, tape measure. I measured it. I'm like, hmm. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to come back. And he said, hey, you know what? Where, where are you located? I'll, I'll, I'll deliver it for you. You will? Do you know what time it is? He hadn't put on his pajamas or face cream yet, I guess. And so, here we go. I said, well, Okay. We get in the car, he follows me, and I pull into the church parking lot because, of course, the item that I'm purchasing, that I purchased, was for my office. And, um, Jeremy, I'll be turning in that receipt for $500 tomorrow morning. Just kidding. No, it's not that. And so, um, pulled in the church parking lot. I had Jeff with me, one of our Korean boys that live in our home. I said, Jeff, I said, as soon as we get to the church, I'm going to open the door. You run to the foyer, through the foyer. I know you never get to do that, but run through the foyer. Get me a gospel track. I'm going to at least invite this gentleman to church. I got him on property. So we pulled in. He's following me in his truck. We got the big 
bookshelf item that uh, he was selling. And, and we pulled it out of the truck, came in the foyer, right over there behind that single door in the foyer there. It's 9.15, guys. I mean, it's late for me. I'm ready to hit the sack, you know. Asked I had to come up with a message. No, I didn't. I had it. And we stand in the foyer, and I said, hey, do you get to go to church anywhere? He said, well, I do sometimes. And he said, didn't you see the pictures in my house of you know, Mary and different things like that? And I said, you know, I did. I said, but more important than a picture is a person. And I began to ask him, do you know for sure that you're on your way to heaven? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as, his, as your Savior? He did not know that. I was able to go through the plan of salvation, and in the foyer, right behind that single door, he prayed last night about 9.30 and asked Jesus into his heart. Those kind of people are all over the place. And I promise you on a stack of Bibles, I'm not telling you that for you to say, oh, you did a great job. No. I'm telling you that because you can do the same or better than I ever could. If we would just come out from behind those crazy barriers that the devil sometimes even puts in our path, we don't even ask for it. And come out from behind that. You see, we've been called to build bridges. God wants you to build bridges tonight with somebody. Not only are we called to build bridges for those that God wants to connect us with, but lastly tonight, we're called to build bridges for those who are coming up behind us. We're also building bridges for those who come behind us. We're coming out from behind our barriers and following God to be a testimony to those who come behind us to do the same thing. I grew up that way. I was blessed. I grew up observing people who were going through tough times who didn't let that stop them from serving the Lord. And it made an indelible impression in my life. And if we want to do that tonight, by the way, the next generation deserves that. The Bible says in Psalm 145, 4, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. You know what? That, that sounds like a responsibility of mine. To, to who I am now, passing it on to the next generation and showing them, you know what? You can come out of your shell. You can come out from behind your barrier. You can do something great for the Lord. And I'm going to help you build that bridge because I want to be a testimony of which you can follow as I trust the Lord to help me with mine. There's a poem that uh, was written several, many years ago that I want to read to you and then we'll be done tonight. It says, An old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him, but he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man said a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you this bridge at the evening time? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path that I have come, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been naught to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I am building this bridge for him. Folks, tonight it's amazing what we could do. If we could come out from behind the barriers of our life and open ourselves up to the Lord to be a bridge builder. To be a person who decides, you know what? I'm not going to let the fear of the unknown stop me. I'm not going to let current sin. I'm going to get it right. It's, time's too short. Hey, I know that I'm valuable to the Lord and therefore I'm going, to, I'm going to yield myself to Him. And through any bad experience that I've ever been, I'm going to trust the Lord through it. But I am not going to let it stop me from doing His will. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed tonight.
The message is simple. God wants to use you in 2023. Our pastor has recently laid out some amazing plans for this new year. God has placed you in an environment where you have amazing opportunities to do great things for Jesus. But are we going to let the barriers of our life slow us down or even eliminate the usefulness for the cause of Christ that could be there? Maybe the Lord is speaking to our hearts tonight. Again, as in a transparent way, as I best transparent way I know tonight to share with you barriers that I have dealt with in my own life. How many of you would say tonight, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but with an uplifted hand you'd say, I want to put aside my barriers and I want to be a bridge builder. Would you join me in that effort this evening by an uplifted hand, if that so be your desire? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and how powerful it is. We're thankful, Lord, that you are our God and we can come out from behind any barrier and be used of you in a mighty way. I pray that you would help these who have chosen to uh, do that tonight and have, by uplifted hand have sent a message that that's how they want to live. I pray, Lord, that you would bless in this time of invitation where we have an opportunity to step out and, and come and pray and, and yield ourselves to you to be effective in this new year. We ask it in Jesus' name. We're standing to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. We open up the altar for just a few minutes. If there's anything that you would like to come and pray about tonight, we open it up. A barrier in our life. Is there anything like that tonight that you want to say, you know what, I'm coming out from behind it. I'm not going to let it control me anymore. I'm not going to let it defeat me anymore. I'm coming to tell the Lord, I'm all yours. I'm all in. This year, I'm going to do something great for the Lord. Not that my name is uplifted, but that His is. This new year, I'm going to get involved in a ministry. And it, it's not going to be one of those, well, I've never done that before. Lord, I yield to You to come out from behind those things and serve You with my life. It could be that you're watching on live stream or even here tonight and the barrier that's between you and the Lord is the fact that you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. Oh, my friend, He wants to save you tonight. Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. He paid our hell and our sin debt so that we could have eternal life with Jesus Christ, our Savior. We can call on Him. He will forgive us. We can come out from behind that barrier and we can know that we're on our way to heaven. We're going to give just a few more moments here of time of prayer. If we can help you in any way, pray about anything, please come forward tonight. There's several of us here that are available to help you pray about a certain... It may be that it has nothing to do with the message. But God's dealing with our hearts about some burden, some, some need. We want to help and pray with you. If you so desire that, please choose it. If not, make a decision there where you stand. Pastor. All righty. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for the vessel. What a blessing that was. That was an encouragement. Hopefully that will be a help to you this week. I just want to make mention this morning in the 830 service, uh, Clark Cutting um, suffered a heart attack, and he got taken to the hospital. He will be uh, transferred uh, to potentially another hospital tonight to have surgery. And so let's just pray for Clark Cutting. And in fact, let's do that at this time if we'll pray for him. And I'm sure there's others in our church as well that are going through physical needs. If you know of someone, maybe you pray for them at this time as well. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for this wonderful message, Lord, that will challenge us and will help us. I know uh, I appreciate someone being willing to be transparent. And Lord, we all deal with things. And I pray that we'll give these barriers to you and may you use us. I pray you also be with Clark Cutting tonight, Lord. He was here in his place, Lord, Saturday for men's breakfast and here this morning. And Lord, now is at the hospital and 
I suffered a heart attack today. I pray you'll give the doctors wisdom, and, and may it not be a, a, a very difficult thing, maybe something that can be taken care of, Lord, and he'll have a quick recovery. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's watch our next video, and then we'll be dismissed tonight. Our Level Up Teaching and Training Modules will be held on Sunday night, January 29th, during the 5 p.m. service. Come and choose two modules from the lineup, including topics like how to help the hurting, balance ministry and home, how to get plugged into ministry, how do I get kids to listen, and how to connect with someone at the door. Don't miss a special time of training with something for every Christian servant. GVCA registration for next school year will be opening to Grandview members and current school families on Monday, February 13th. After three weeks, registration will be open to the public, so be sure to get your registration in as soon as possible. Mark your calendars for the Churchwide Outreach Saturday, February 4th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for delicious breakfast and an opportunity to share your faith in our community. For the Best Years Club... We are having a luncheon together at Old Spaghetti Factory tomorrow morning at 12 for lunch. I hope to see you there. For the Teachers of the Word, a brand new class getting started, I want you to know that on the information counter there are some cards you can pick up that tell you about the class and then also show you where we're meeting. And we are all going through the continue book. Every person will get a brand new book. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we will see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Okay, as uh, Brother, Brother Mutzler mentioned this morning that the Best Years Club will meet at 1230 instead of 12 o'clock. And so keep that in mind. God bless you. You are dismissed. Thank you.